Hello and welcome to Diving Into Diabetes, the podcast where we explore the latest advances and best practices on individualized diabetes care. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Goldenberg, and with me on the program today is Dr. Tade Badalino. He's the professor at the University of Ljubljana in the beautiful city of Ljubljana in Slovenia. Uh, he's the head of the Department of Pediatric and Adolescent Endocrinology at UMC uh, Ljubljana. And importantly, uh, was the recent uh, PI on the in-range uh, trial. And our topic uh, today will be uh, glucose variability and the results of the within day and between day glucose variability in the in-range trial. So first of all, uh, welcome uh, Dr. Badalino and thanks for joining us today. Hello everybody. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very pleased to be with you. Fantastic. So uh, CGM has been increasingly uh, used in type 1 diabetes and uh, even in some patients with type 2 diabetes uh, these days. Today, I'd like to focus on glucose uh, variability. And to start things off, um, why should clinicians and our patients be concerned about glucose variability? What is it? Uh, how is it measured on uh, CGM? So as we know from the CGM performed on individuals without diabetes, glucose is very stable, particularly when we are younger. So physiology, physiologically, this parameter actually does not fluctuate, does, is not variable. The more we are into the diabetes, being in type 1 when the autoimmunity destroys beta cells or being in type 2, where also there is you know, a discrepancy in insulin secretion, the more variability we see. And of course, with therapy added to the situation, then variability may become very pronounced. There is evidence from long-term trials that variability may be associated particularly with cognitive damage, brain damage, but potentially also with the damage to the vessels. Certainly, it is related to the quality of life. Very solid data demonstrate that glucose variability decreases the quality of life. Perhaps most importantly, it is very strongly correlated with hypoglycemia and severe hypoglycemia. The higher the variability, the higher the chance of hypoglycemia, severe hypoglycemia, and of course, the longer the time below range when we use metrics like CGM. Thanks, and I think all of us who look after patients, especially with type 1 diabetes, the, they have a feeling often they're on a roller coaster. They have the highs and the lows, and it's quite distressing and uh, uh, very frustrating to see those uh, ups and downs. And in a nutshell, I think that's what glycemic variability describes. What about long-term complications, be it microvascular, macrovascular? Do we have uh, data on the link between glucose variability and those uh, hard diabetes complications? We actually do. There is a, an association demonstrated in several long-term trials with, with medicines, particularly the variability as, as evaluated by the A1C variability was strongly related to, to more chronic complications of diabetes, both in microvascular and macrovascular, uh, let's say, buckets of the diseases. 
However, also short-term variability was associated with brain damage with uh, very likely because variability of glucose in the brain also causes variability of water and volume in brain, which of course may be associated with damage to this particular tissue and then related to the cognitive impairment. So yes, there is more and more data linking glucose variability with uh, chronic complications of many types in diabetes. Okay, so we get the CGM report uh, and on the report, whether it's real-time CGM or intermittently scanned CGM, uh, we see the coefficient of variation. Um, how is that calculated and is there a specific target for that measure? Probably the measure of variability that most of us know best is the standard deviation. Standard deviation is a nice and good measure of variability. We are very familiar with it, but it is very dependent on the mean because the higher the mean, the higher the standard deviation. To actually control for this, the coefficient of variation basically is the standard deviation divided by the mean. And with this, actually, this is kind of standardized for the mean. And it's perhaps easier to compare across all ranges of the mean glycemia. And the agreed cutoff or target for coefficient of variation is that it should be below 36%. Some people would even like to see a smaller number than 36, but currently 36% for coefficient of variation is the suggested limit then that individuals with diabetes that are below that limit are likely to be on the safe side also for hypoglycemia below 70 milligram percent, which is 3.9 millimole per liter. So below 36% for people with established diabetes, I guess, especially type one, what would be the normal coefficient of variation in individuals without diabetes? Oh, it's, it's actually usually very low. So it, it, it may be 10 or less than 10, but then it may increase with age, also with people without diabetes and may go up to 14, 15, 18. And in many individuals with type two diabetes that have reasonable control, particularly with uh, the new disease modifying medications, it may be as low as this. So it may be around 18, 14 even. Uh, percent, so considerably lower than in type 1 diabetes. But then, even when type 2 diabetes progresses to, to, to more insulinopenia, to more beta cell damage, then, of course, also the variability and with it, the coefficient of variability would go up. Okay, so that, that's a great prelude into what I really wanted to discuss today, and that's the analysis of uh, glucose variability in the in-range uh, study. Uh, just to remind our listeners, uh, in-range was recently presented at the ATDD meeting. It was a head-to-head -head randomized trial of Glargine U300 versus Degladec in type 1 diabetes uh, using time and range as the primary outcome. And top-line summary, uh, there was non-inferiority for time and range and non-inferiority for uh, total coefficient of variation. Uh, but at the ADA, there was a recent analysis of uh, 
within day and between day glucose variability in the in-range study. And before Dr. Badalino, you tell us those results, um, what does that mean within day versus between day glucose variability? Well, it actually, we all know that in people with diabetes, some days are worse than other. So it makes sense to evaluate both of them. So it makes sense to see whether within the day, where very likely during the daytime, variability is considerably higher as compared to the nighttime for sleep, hopefully where the variability is much lower, is of importance, as well as the variability between different days, because perhaps for the weekend, the variability due to physical activity or other actions may be considerably different from our working days. So both measures, both analysis may add to our understanding on how a second generation basal insulin actually performs in day-to-day -day diabetes management. Great. So what did you find uh, when you looked at the within-day and between-day uh, coefficient of variation in the in-ranged study? Well, I think here the message is, is very easy and clear. So both within-day and between-day glucose variability was exactly the same in the two insulins investigated in this head-to-head -head trial. So for Glargin 300 and insulin Degludec, exactly the same with the confidence interval on both sides of the mean. And this holds true for the between-day and in-day glucose variability. No differences in between the two second-generation insulin analogs whatsoever. And I understand there was a, an interesting subgroup analysis for the within-day variability uh, based on the baseline uh, coefficient of variation. Can you describe uh, what was found in that analysis? What is, I think, uh, very interesting is that those, of course, that started with the lower uh, variability, which had initially the coefficient of variation already within the target, which is below 36%, actually the drop in, in variability or improvement in variability was the same in both groups, but was of course less pronounced. Very interestingly, with those that had a higher variability at, at the onset of the trial, so the variability was above 36%, both of those dropped to the same level of variability as those that started initially with the lower one, which means that in this subgroup with higher variability at the beginning of the trial, actually both basal analogs were able to improve, to reduce this variability. And of course, this, as we know from several other trials and calculations, is also related to the reduction of hypoglycemia and time spent below range. Great. I, I like that because one of the reasons we use second generation analogs is we kind of like that flat profile and other studies show versus first generation, you do get less glycemic variability. And here in the in-range study, if you started with the uh, high glucose variability, both these insulins did in fact uh, improve uh, glucose variability. And I think most of the patients who came into the trial were using a first generation uh, analog, right? So they switched to one of the second generations and saw improvement. So uh, what is the top line message to our listeners uh, overall about glucose variability and how the in-range analysis on glucose variability contributes uh, to our knowledge? 
So perhaps the take-home message is that glucose variability matters because it is something that's not seen physiologically. It's something that is associated with chronic complications of diabetes, both microvascular and macrovascular. And it's something that is very strongly correlated with hypoglycemia. And of course, the message from the trial is that both insulin analogs, second generation insulin analogs, Glargin 300 and insulin Deglutec, to the same extent, improve this glucose variability, reduce it, it to, the, to the set target that at the moment is 36%. So a very good news. First, there is no difference in between the two in the, in the coefficient of variation in glucose variability. And second, they both improve it when we switch people from other insulins to this second generation basal analogs. Uh, I think that's a great summary. So thank you for joining us today. And again, thank you for your uh, leadership uh, in the field of time and range and CGM. And uh, with that, uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us uh, in the Diving Into Diabetes podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into glucose variability and results of the in-range uh, study. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and stay tuned for new releases.